Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. It was only a matter of time before Megan, the T-H-E-E, the stallion, made her way into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why? Because if you've seen her perform on stage, then you know she's got vibranium knees, baby. I would have expected her to pop up in Wakanda. Now, that's just me. You know, I thought she would have been a Dora Milaje, a little bald-headed. You know, I thought she would have popped up somewhere over there with Shuri and, you know, maybe Ironheart, Riri, you know, one of them. But... She popped up on She-Hulk. Damn it, that's the next best thing. I am loving this show. Y'all, episode three of She-Hulk gave us cameos. It gave us a legal drama. Child, you know, a little piece of how to get away with murder, a little piece of scandal, a little SVU. Ooh, it gave us all of the things and it gave us some twerking, okay? Some ass shaking, some booty flaunting, okay? Let's get into it. It's your bonus episode of Reality in Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality in Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island? 
or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. It's a new week, a new She-Hulk episode, and I'm ready to talk about it. But first, what you guys been up to? What y'all been doing? What y'all been watching, most importantly? You know, I rely on y'all. Y'all got to tell me about the things. You know, I watch everything on TV, so don't ever be afraid to come to me with a recommendation because chances are I'm going to watch it, and chances are I'm going to like it because I like a lot of shit, and I watch a lot of shit. So just come to me with it. You know, You know me. Okay. Let me go through my week because I know y'all want to know. My week starts on, we'll say it starts on Monday because uh, Mondays. So Monday nights, you know, this is a scripted episode. So I'm only going to keep it to the scripted shows. I'm not going to touch on the Housewives or Bachelorette or uh, Love Island, any of the other unscripted stuff that we watch. Even though Love Island is over, oh, both UK and USA. Oh, 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 I just got depressed. Oh, anyway, um, so I'll say Monday night. Of course, I'm on HBO. I'm watching Industry. I am loving this season of Industry. Season one, I loved. Season two, so good. It's like, listen, Harper is taking me through it. She stresses me out every single week. When people, let me tell you something. When people do hard drugs on TV shows that haven't done them before, it, oh boy, it gives me, like, it's hard. That's like, some people like, you know, can't watch a horror movie because it's too scary. Some people can't watch stuff that's too gruesome. Something about people doing hard drugs on TV. And like, I'm me, like I'm for some reason, I'm not considering cocaine a hard drug, which I think it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't do drugs. So I don't know. I'm kind of lame. You know that, but I don't know. I don't, they, they do cocaine on the show all the time, which, you know, whatever, fine. But this past episode, I don't know what it I don't know what it was, but her brother was a drug oh so much. Oh god. Just go watch it. They were burning a pipe. That's all I know. And when I think pipe, I think crack. So I'm just gonna assume it was crack. I don't really know. It didn't look like crack cocaine, so it was something. It looked like crack rocks. So oh it was stressed me out, but it was such a good episode. This season is so good. I just love that show. HBO actually has most of my attention nowadays. It's just such good television. From there, I don't think I watched I used to watch All Rise on Tuesdays because I love All Rise. If y'all are Marvel fans, then y'all know two of our favorite Marvel people are in it that are on the Netflix show. So, uh, oh, boy, what's his name? Uh, Wilson Berthel. Oh, God, I got to look his name up. I be forgetting. But he's the one that played, um, who the fuck did he play? Well, Misty Knight is on the show, okay? She's the judge. She's Lola Carmichael, okay? Misty Knight, Simone Mystic. She's on the show. Love her. Love that show. Uh, it's all rise. It comes on own. I'm obsessed with it. I watched the first two seasons back when they were on, uh, these come on CBS lasted two seasons on CBS went away Own bought it. Cause you know, it was giving it to the grass. Uh, season three was a success. Thank God. So I think they're coming back for a fourth season. Can't wait for that. Wilson Bethel. That's who it was. Who was he? He was, uh, why can't I think of his character's name on daredevil? 
He was, oh boy, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. Oh, I feel so bad. Y'all know who he was, though. Shit, y'all watch Daredevil. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, 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 uh. Oh boy, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. I cannot remember his name on Daredevil. What is wrong with me? But don't worry about it, okay? I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to remember one day. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember, okay? Don't, don't worry about that. Anyway, Wednesdays. I don't think I watch anything scripted on Wednesday. I think Wednesdays is my big reality TV night. That's like when I watch. Well, I'm not going to get into it because that don't matter this episode. But Thursdays. Okay. 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 Thursdays, of course, I watch She-Hulk. That's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I log into my work computer and then I watch She-Hulk. Okay. So I get into my She-Hulk and then I rewatch it again so that I can, you know, do notes, of course. Duh. And then later on that night. I like to watch rap shit. Issa Rae, if you like Insecure, if you like the City Girls, it's the perfect show for you. Let me tell you. Rap shit is so funny, but it's so good, too. It's such a, the perfect, you know, Issa Rae does a dramedy like nobody else. She makes it perfect. It's where you get a good, like, throaty, like, belly laugh when you're watching it. Good shit. Watch that. It's called rap shit, but, like, the eye is an exclamation point, so it's, like, upside down, so I guess that's how they got away with it. I don't know. But, so good. City Girls, executive producers, or the music producers, something like that on there. And I think it's low-key based on their life, because... One of the girls be scamming her ass off, and y'all know JT, so, you know, get into it. And then, Sundays, okay, my biggest obsession right now, I am so obsessed with uh, House, I call it Dragon House, but it's House of the Dragon on HBO Max. Okay, now look, I was a huge Game of Thrones fan, I love me some Game of Thrones, I've seen Game of Thrones, like, from season one to season eight, probably like a trillion times, but... I hate the season, the last season so much that like it kind of, it, it, it ruins a little bit of the, the mystique for me, like the, what I've built up in my head as, but this show has got to meet all the way back in, all the way back in. I'm all the way in. So if you haven't watched, we're only two episodes in, so check it out. Talk to me on social media, email me about it. I want to talk all things House of Dragon because I am loving this show you know black people are named some anything i be calling a dragon house child and when i text black folk they know what the hell i'm talking about okay but last thing before i get into the she hulk uh recap review whatever the hell you want to call it our good friend y'all know her i know her the peoples know her christina every yeah she has a new show on youtube that i am loving so far it's uh called headless a sleepy hollow story y'all gotta check it out if you follow me on social media, I posted the link. I love the first episode. She's so good in it. She's like, you can tell she's been, listen, acting is in her spirit, okay? It's like me. I was born to be an entertainer. No, I wasn't because, you know, I ain't, got the, I ain't got the patience. But she was born to do this, okay? I love it. Check it out. It's only like 19, somewhere between like 19 and 22 minutes. I'll just say 20. I don't know why I didn't just say 20. What's wrong with my thought pattern? I don't know. But... It's so good. She's in it. If you've never, like, you're not familiar with the, the Sleepy Hollow stories, any versions of them, check it out because this is a good one to get into. It's free to watch. All of y'all asses got YouTube. I know y'all got Wi-Fi because y'all listening to me. Or y'all got data. And if you got data, you can get on YouTube. So don't act, don't do that. Don't act like you can't get on there. You can't find the station. The station's right there at the, the click of your thumb. So you can do it. Whew. Y'all, this was a great episode of She-Hulk. 
let's just dive into it because the, we <laughs> we got some things to discuss, okay? Remember, we left off last week where people find out that Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. Abomination, escaped prison because there's actual video footage out there. Obviously, for those who have been keeping up, the video footage is from Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, where him and Wong battled in like that, you know, floating octagon ring type thing in the sky. Spirit in the sky. So clearly the events of Shang-Chi took place, you know, both during kind of the events of She-Hulk, maybe after, maybe before. I don't know. It could all overlap, but clearly it all kind of overlaps somewhere. It's kind of a Venn diagram, okay? Jen goes back to the high max security prison and she's pissed. But technically, he didn't lie, okay? He ain't really lie. He didn't choose to turn into abomination, but he dropped a dime on Wong. He snitched on Wong as soon as he could when he found out that his chances of getting parole were in jeopardy. Child, the sorcerer supreme of the mystic arts got told on and now she's looking for his ass. She calls Nikki, you know, the paralegal, her best friend, to find out who Wong is. Apparently, she doesn't know, which is weird because nowadays in the MCU, as we're seeing, all of the citizens, like, they know who the heroes are. When she breaks the fourth wall later on in the episode, though, when she's driving the car, she acknowledges that this episode has a Wong cameo in it. So, clearly, she knows who he is, but we also know that Jen isn't interested in superhero life, so maybe the Jen that's the actress on the show instead of the Jen talking to the camera. I don't know. Maybe she isn't familiar with it. I don't know. But I I love that she's breaking the fourth wall because she basically confirms in this scene that we're going to get a cameo every single week. I think we knew that going into this show, but I love that she kind of confirms it for us. You know, first week, obviously, and second week, really, we got Bruce Banner. Uh, Second week, we got Emil Blonsky, basically. He was a big pop-up. Third week, child, we got Megan Thee Stallion, we got Wong, we got Samoa Mia, we got Renee who on the show, but, you know, she pop up a little later, a little yang, yang, yang around the house. And then, okay, tea time, I hear that next week's episode is the one where we get our new comic accurate wearing Matt Murdock Daredevil cameo. So, buckle up, people, okay? Buckle up, buttercup, I'm ready to see how this plays out. And then after that, I have no idea who the other cameos in the show is. So, um, you know, I I get my tea from, you know, a couple of people that get the screeners. You know, they got to watch it ahead of time. And for this show, you know, usually Marvel kind of depends. So, like, the six episode shows, they'll send out screeners with, like, three episodes. And then the rest of the half of the season, you got to kind of see. For She-Hulk, they got the first four of the nine episodes. So, the rest of the five I don't really know too much. T. I kind of, I kind of knew a lot that was going to happen in these early episodes, child. You know, I'm nosy. So, you know, just get ready because we got a lot of cameos that we all go find out about together. And that's the fun of it, people. We get a bunch of back-to-back newscasts, nude broadcasts, news reels, whatever you want to call them, talking about Jen representing Emil Blonsky. People questioning her qualifications as a lawyer. People talking about her size, her color, everything. But see... My favorite part of this is that they show the internet bros that I always talk about in action. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say the director or someone from the show confirmed that they took actual, hateful, ignorant, typical-ass comments that are aimed at She-Hulk and pretty much copy and paste to any show or movie with a female or minority lead 
And they're saying things like, you know, no more female superheroes, please. Why are you turning every superhero into a girl? Cancel She-Hulk. All the dumb shit that they were actually saying online. I think these were direct pulls from either Instagram, Twitter, the uh, the Reddit, the whatever you want to say, the Facebook, whatever you want to, you know, call it. All of the things that you used to see in these toxic-ass comment sections filled with 30-year-old men who review bomb Marvel shows before they'd even begun. Oh, you silly motherfuckers. Jen arrives at the office in full she-hork form, of course, and Nikki tries to convince her to publicly respond to all of the crap they've been talking about her in an interview. Control your own narrative, sis. Marketing one-on-one. But she's not trying to hear that shit, okay? Holloway calls, and he summons her, of course, so she heads to his office and finds Dennis from her old job at the DA's office, complaining about them not having any Red Bull And then he sees her. Clearly, he needs representation for something, but he won't say what yet. Even Renee Elise Goldberg, Goldberry, whatever name, the lady from Hamilton. You know, she be in all the good stuff. She a real good actress. She pops up. Her character makes a super, super brief appearance, child. Super brief appearance. And then she gets the hell on. Child, she disappeared in the moonlight like Mariah Carey do after Christmas. (laughs) The lady was gone, okay? Dennis says he can't work with her either, though, because she's a 10 and might be his next fiance. See, Dennis, that's your damn problem. All this sexist shit that you were saying in the past episodes, and now your ass and got scammed. Because of all of this, he picks Pug as his lawyer anyway. We find out that he's been, like, defrauded by an ex-girlfriend, child. He didn't flew her out in the sooty girl voice. He didn't bought her an SUV. Listen. I almost said SVU child, not Mariska. Uh, he bought her some jewelry, everything. Turns out it's a shape-shifting light elf from New Asgard, straight out of the comics and from the other Thor movies, because, you know, we've seen both light elves and dark elves from that movie that, you know, we don't necessarily discuss. You know the one I'm talking about. He said he thought he was dating Megan Thee Stallion. Now, ain't that some shit? Now, you know damn well you didn't want your... <laughs> Megan the Stallion did not want your ass. And she damn sure ain't driving no Passat. Megan has dated Tory Lanez, Moneybag Yo, Partisan Fontaine. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, Dennis, very handsome man. But a little less mm, melanated, okay, than the other men that I just mentioned, okay? A few less... Uh, tattoos yeah not enough of a rapper per se yeah dennis you not megan's type that should have been your first clue i don't know what the hell you was thinking but you know what who am i to stop somebody's delusions because i have quite a few of my own okay as much as jen is loving all this mess wong actually pops up on the scene through one of those glowy magic portals that he always creates Think the third act of the uh, Avengers Endgame movie, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about, all these portals, and everybody was walking through. That was Wong, okay? He did what needed to be done. When they get back to Jen's office, Wong confirms everything that Emil Blonsky said was true and that he demands that he doesn't be punished. She's concerned he won't get paroled now, and Wong says, I know what you're thinking, and I'm not erasing everybody's memories, not again. And then he refers to it as very messy. Okay, let's dissect this. Is our good niece Wong actually saying that he remembers Spider-Man? 
He remembers Peter Parker. The only time I can remember them erasing everyone's memory is in Spider-Man No Way Home, obviously, in order to get all of the villains and all of the spider people back to their respective timelines. See, is the Sorcerer Supreme somehow impervious to all of this? So is it safe to say that we can expect Wong to be the one that brings Spider-Man back into the mist, kind of connects him into the MCU in the future? Interesting. I don't know. Very interesting, though. Anyway, Wong is offering to send that man to the mirror dimension where Doctor Strange just got his ass whooped by Spider-Man and left for hours. Uh, Then he offered to send him where Dormammu lives. Listen, Wong is a savage, okay? Jen just like, look, just show your ass up to court and testify. That's it. All these damn dramatics and pomp and circumstance you're doing. No, just show up the court and we will be okay. We cut to Dennis and Pug's conversation and we find out that Dennis tricked off $175,000. Come on down. The price is right in this motherfucker. I keep telling y'all, look, the city girls are up, up and it's stuck, okay? Pug says he's going to start building the case and they part ways, but then Dennis comes right back into the office and says that he wants to drop the case. He's embarrassed, all kinds of shit. He, they were actually in a good relationship and he just wants to, you know, he was embarrassed. He didn't want to say anything. But then Pug actually gets a call somehow from Dennis saying that his cyber truck child was towed. Obviously, Dennis, not to be confused with Porsche's Dennis, Dennis is in the office with the shape-shifting hot girl. You know, he's the, you know what I'm talking about. He's the damn elf instead of, uh, you know, Dennis himself because Dennis down there trying to figure out where the hell his damn cyber truck is. So this is our first elf appearance. She going to be cutting her ass up all damn episodes. So just stay tuned. Cut over to outside of the prison. Jen tries to go inside, minding her damn business, and suddenly they start harassing her, all of the paparazzi, asking her all kind of questions like, is it true that you got rejected from the Avengers? Other reporters says she heard that and she repeats it right back in front of the camera. See, this is exactly how it goes nowadays. Y'all don't even try to check for credibility or the sources, see if they were high on methamphetamines or uh, crack rocks like I mentioned earlier when they reported the news. Y'all just regenerate the shit, all the sensationalism, and y'all move right along. Why did this make me think of when... (laughs) Why did this make me think of when Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked told all y'all that Queen Elizabeth was dead and he kept saying he would not retract that shit for nothing. He just let y'all think this lady was dead for two weeks and then she popped out on his ass. See, y'all gotta quit playing with folk lives like this. This is a mess, okay? Folks are trifling as hell, but hey, I'm entertained, okay? Jen makes it inside and is prepping Emil for his parole hearing. Notice that the soulmates are there. You know, he mentioned them last episode. They're in the background for moral support. Child, this is all very Charles Manson, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. It's it's all, all very much that. The parole hearing begins, and Jen assures them that Wong, aka the witness, will be there to testify. But first, she throws it over to Emil, acting ass. He's doing this whole, giving a whole long ass, fake ass speech about how he's changed and the being real over the top. That kind of makes you think that he hasn't changed at all, but we'll see. They start asking questions, and this man plans to live 
on a little piece of land that he bought, you know, he bought that years ago, he owns it, and start a meditation retreat, and that his seven soulmates will be financially supporting him. I love that he refers to, <laughs> to them as his better eighths instead of his better halves. I know the fuck that's right. See, why have one soulmate when you can have seven? That's my motto too, okay? We then hear that many witnesses have like all had very good experiences with him. We hear from like the prison librarian, the security guard, uh, some other lady. I don't know who she was, but damn it, she was important too. All given glowing recommendations for a meal to be released. See, the parole board, they really seem convinced, but they still need to address the big issue, which is the prison rate. This is when the portal opens up and Wong popped up on the scene. He'd been gone for a minute, but damn it, now he's back with the jump off. We cut over to the courthouse, and Pug is representing Dennis again, you know, against the shape-shifting body yaddy 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 elf from New Asgard. The fact that she's from New Asgard, New Asgard, and she's impersonating Megan the Stallion, See, the jokes write themselves, people, okay? They write themselves. They try to argue diplomatic immunity, but that doesn't work. She tries to argue that Asgard is not a place. It's a people doing that same damn speech that Thor did in Ragnarok. That didn't work. Pug, oh, fine ass, keeps it real simple. He's like, look, she stole from my guy over here, my dude, you know, give him back his things. The defense tries to make it seem like he knew he was dating a shape-shifting elf. He knew that girl wasn't no damn Megan Thee Stallion. And the judge is almost inclined to believe him. So he's like, look, let's go to trial. We're going to figure this out. I'm going to give you a chance to prove it. Right after Dennis says he's canceling his Hollywood hookup subscriptions, which I'm assuming, like I'm guessing it's like a play on that app, Raya, Raya, whatever it is, where the celebrities can find each other and date each other and hump on each other all they want. I think it's a real cheap membership, but you actually got to be improved to get in, and not many people do, so, you know. The judge comes back up right after this, and he said that we ain't going to trial after all, so obviously this is not the real judge. This is Runa, a.k.a. the shape-shifting else, coming right back, and this go bite her in the ass later on. We cut back to the high-security superhero prison, and Wong basically confirms everything that Emil has said so far. Jen gives her closing arguments, but they still have some doubts about Abomination instead of Emil. Child, for some odd reason, he thinks that it's going to be a good idea to turn into Abomination inside the cage, and then people start screaming and shouting, twisting and hollering, all kind of shit in there. Jen convinces him to go back to Emil, but she actually uses that to her advantage, saying that Emil is in full control, kind of like both her and the Hulk are, of their alternate, you know, quote-unquote personalities, even though she doesn't really have one. The best part of this is when Wong basically admitted to orchestrating a whole damn prison break, like he and damn Wentworth, and Wong, let me tell you something, them people, they said, uh-uh, so you basically admitting to committing a damn federal crime, Wong got the hell up out of there faster than the shake of a stripper's ass, okay? That man opened up that portal and we ain't seen him since, child. Jan leaves the prison and is hit with, you know, more questions. Basically asking what if uh, Blonsky goes insane? What if he starts acting up? If she's one of the seven soulmates? But the best question is from a news reporter that reported earlier about her not getting to the Avengers. She says, isn't it true... You got your powers from a mob hit. Now, if you remember, 
I gave you the entire rundown of uh, She-Hulk's origin in the comic books. You know, go back and listen to episode one, the recap of the She-Hulk episodes, you know, if you want a refresher. But basically, she was representing someone that the mafia was trying to, like, make, take a fall for something. They followed her when she left the courthouse, her and Bruce, they were headed to their house. They wet her ass up like a bathtub, which basically means, you know, they shot off a lot of rounds at her. And Bruce had to give her a blood transfusion to save her life. Bada boom, bada bam, bada bam. Now you understand the reference. Back at the bar, Nikki is still trying to get her to do an interview and just squash all of these fake internet beefs and gossip and all the kind of stuff that people are putting her in. But she still refused. Pug shows up and he complains, of course, about Dennis, because who wouldn't? They tell him how gross he is and how they've killed Dennis in their head multiple, multiple times. And how, most importantly, the man is terminally delusional. This is how Pug is going to win his case, okay? They go back to court. And Jen testifies that the man absolutely thought he was dating Megan Thee Stallion because he is pathologically entitled and truly, truly delusional, people. The judge awards full uh, damages to Dennis and sentences, uh, what's her name, Uh, Puna to 60 days in jail, the damn elf. This is when we get our official Megan Thee Stallion cameo and she's sitting in a gallery and she yells out, that's right, there's only one Megan Thee Stallion. Ah, who I did that per- that was per- ah, you, you see it. Okay, y'all better get into it. In the hallway, Dennis says he wishes there was something that, you know, he could do to take her powers away. And this gives Jan an idea. Though, Funny enough, this actually reminded me not of the device that Hulk was wearing, which, of course, that's what she's referring to when she said it gave her an idea. But it reminded me, him saying that something to take her powers away, it reminded me of the collars that they have to wear in Deadpool 2 when they, you know, they go to prison and they try to keep their powers in check or make sure they can't use their powers inside the prison. They put those things around their neck and they connect and they light up red and then you got to bust them off if you want to use your powers. See, This is why I know we're getting a Deadpool cameo at some point. Now, what episode? Probably nine. Probably the last one, because I think that's the one that people expect the most. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But if it happens, you're welcome. It won't be because of me, though. But still, you're welcome. I can't take any credit for that, literally. But still, you're welcome. We cut back to the jail, however long later, child. I don't know. And the parole board has granted relief to uh, Emil Blonsky on a couple of conditions. One, no more abomination. And he has to wear the inhibitor that Jen clearly brought to them. Because, you know, obviously she was thinking about this shit. So she clearly brought up the idea. I don't know whether she got it from Hulk's lab or Hulk sent it to her all the way from Sakaar. I don't know what went on. But, child, that ain't none of my business. Ain't none of my business. This is when he convinces Jen to do an interview since they're going to talk about her regardless. She does, and all they want to know is how she got the name She-Hulk and then her diet and exercise routines. Child, you know what? (laughs) This show is so meta sometimes, it's amazing. Jen pulls up to the crib, and she's ambushed by four guys, and of course she transforms into She-Hulk and whoops they whole asses, okay? Important to note, though, that they had Asgardian weapons, and one of the guys, as they're like running off, getting their ass whooped, He calls one of them Thunderball, which leads us to believe that this is the Wrecking Crew. Okay, 
So your homework assignment before episode four, you know, we've watched episode three. You're listening to episode three of the recaps. Your, your homework before the next episode comes out is to rewatch or watch for the first time the Hulk movie with Edward Norton so that I can explain who the boss is that they keep mentioning in this scene. Even though I kind of referenced him in a previous She-Hulk episode when I didn't even think that he was going to matter to the show. Uh, I referenced him when I talked about like blood, uh, Hulk and his blood and how he was lasering it instead of like risking it, you know, falling on someone. I'll go into more detail in this crew, you know, if they make more appearances. But the wrecking crew started out when, you know, this one guy who's like, he was called the wrecker. Grabbed on. This is gonna be so crazy. So just, just follow along with me, okay? It's comics. I know. Just follow along. The record grabbed a crowbar <laughs> that like had magical powers. That's why you know they fight Thor a lot in the comics. So this is why they got so many Asgardian references in this episode. He grabbed it during a lightning storm, and there were three other guys that also were holding on to it too. And it gave all of them like these weird kind of mystical superpowers. Crazy, I know. But they faced many of the people in Marvel Comics that we know, like Thor and like Iron Fist. So, I mean, it's possible that we see these people, you know, pop up again in other episodes or pop up in another place in the, the MCU. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. Now, that post credit scene. Whew. I love that I've kind of cultivated a community of listeners and followers on social media that you can truly laugh at a scene like this and then go on about your day. The internet bros have been in a tizzy all Thursday, okay? Everybody needs to like let out a good twerk every now and then, okay? So just calm down, people. She-Hulk signed Megan Thee Stallion as a new client, and baby, she was throwing that ass bike, okay? Bike. She was throwing that ass bike. Her and Meg looked like they were at Live in Miami on Sundays, okay? And if, if y'all need to make another reference, they were at, child, where they could have, they could have been at the, the Peach Pit, child, I don't know. <laughs> Not the Peach Pit. I don't know. It looked like an Uncle Luke video in there, okay? She-Hulk said, I would die for you, Megan Thee Stallion, child. What a good-ass episode. I'm really loving She-Hulk. It's not taking itself too seriously. We're getting tons of cameos. We're, you know, we got an origin that didn't drag on and last too long. It's episodic. We're getting, like, a good little uh, lawyer show. Every single episode, we're taking on different cases. I'm really liking it, and I'm loving uh, Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk. Loving it all. The cast is killing it. I'm enjoying the ride. Now... You know, I told y'all last week I was going to try to find a way to engage with you guys with these uh, social, you know, with these episodes on social media, but bring, bring it to the podcast. So, recently, I asked you guys, in reference to the first three episodes of She-Hulk, I asked you who's been your kind of favorite cameo so far. Now... Most of you, of course, said Megan Thee Stallion. Y'all were absolutely living for Meg, as was I. Body yaddy yaddy. Don't play with me. Meg got some of my favorite, you know what, I'm not going to do that because I would have had to cuss a thousand times on this, and I've already cussed enough in this episode, so I'm just going to keep it moving. Meg, amazing. The other, of course, popular opinion was Wong because, listen, this is Wong's world. We all just living in it. We a squirrel trying to get a nut, so what's up? Wong is make. I think this marks Wong's eighth MCU appearance. 
which is kind of crazy for someone that doesn't have their own like solo movie or you know something like that. That's like basically he getting on his uh, Nick Fury type shit. Like he getting on his Samuel L. Jackson type shit right now. I don't know how many more shows he's gonna pop up in, but I'm I'm anxious to see. The people are loving Wong. They want him to milk that money. I know that's right. Uh, but there also people saying they love the first episode with Bruce. Bring back Bruce or let us know where Bruce is going. I got a feeling, okay, this show is filled with like a lot of ridiculous kind of uh, post-credit scenes. I got a feeling the last one, like on episode nine, is going to be our more serious one. Where we actually set up something like a really big event. And it's probably going to be something Hulk related. You know, we obviously, if you've been on the internet or you listen to me, you know that this is probably all going to lead to a some some iteration of a World War Hulk movie. I don't know, but it feels like that's what this is all leading up to. So Bruce, I don't think we've seen the last of him. If we don't get him episode by episode like we were getting, then he'll definitely pop up in the latter episodes. I'm pretty confident about that. I love my, you know, our friend Pat, he's been on here multiple times. Uh, he's over at the Yet Another MCU podcast. Love him. He said that his favorite cameo was Captain America's lack of virginity. You know what? Damn it, mine too. I'm going to go with that because you know, it's either him, his lack of virginity or Megan Thee Stallion. I just can't pick which cameo I love the most right now. But, I mean, Captain America's virginity ruled the world. So, hey. But Megan Thee Stallion, you know. She has Grammys. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a tough call. Ass great. Well, you know what? Oh wow. Then now that's a battle of the asses right there. Chris Evans, Captain America versus Megan The Stallion. That's a that's 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 an ass battle. Okay. Who you know what? That's gonna be tomorrow's question. Who would win in an ass battle? Captain America or she? Uh, not She Hulk. Captain America or Megan The Stallion. I'm gonna put that up on Instagram. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, you're losing out. Follow me. We need to know. Oh, y'all, I've been Kendrick. This has been She-Hulk episode three. And guys, come back next week. I'll see. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast. That's at realitycomics2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.